Welcome to the Mechanical Room. Mechanical, mechanical, mechanical. A Centrotherm production focusing on all things in and around the HVAC industry. And now, your hosts, Michael Sakaris and Matthew Price. April 2021. Welcome back. We've got an exciting uh, show today. Matthew, what's the story today? So yeah, thanks, Mike. It is April. It seems like this uh, Q1 has sort of flown by. And this is the fourth installment of the Mechanical Room. Uh, If you guys haven't had a chance to check out the previous episodes, I do recommend them. We've had some really good guests uh, on already, and we have a great guest today as well. We'll get to that in in a little bit. But uh, we are on, of course, if you're watching this on YouTube, great. You can see our smiling faces. Uh, If not, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Music, Google, anywhere where you get podcasts. Um, If it's not on, please contact us and let us know. I I will make that adjustment to make sure that this content is available wherever you do stream but uh, yeah, episode four. This has been this has been a lot of fun. Our last ep- uh, our last episode had Talbot from from Hardy, who is a friend of ours and a friend of our, to our company, and we're friends to the organization and members. So um, I mean, I thought that was one of our uh, you know a, I thought it was a great interview. Uh, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I learned a lot. I thought I knew a lot about Hardy, but it was very enlightening. And, and Talbot is a pro. I mean, he uh, he handled all our questions. They weren't uh, queued up up front, so he was getting them cold, and he uh, he nailed them. He's, he's very knowledgeable guy. Yeah, he is, and uh, it's really it's really nice that we we've been able to draw upon some some of our industry friends here, especially the the onset of this podcast, um, and get some like really nice names and really really interesting folks. Uh, a players, ju- right? A players. Yeah, absolutely. The, the top top tier, uh, you know, folks in this industry that are uh, mechanical room and a phrase that I'm going to pioneer here, you know, mechanical room adjacent, which is a very real part of the mechanical room. There are plenty of people like Talbot, like yourself and myself, that don't often get down under, you know, under the drain pan or other technical things that I have no idea what they mean exactly. But we do help the process roll along in our own ways. And uh, and our guest today, Jeff Superl, is is one of those guys. He's, um, you know, the national accounts manager for, or national sales manager, that is, for, for Mechanical Business, a trade publication that is uh, exclusively in Canada and you know reaches a, covers the covers the mechanical room it's essentially you know a very similar vibe to to our podcast in as much as you know they're speaking to contractors to distributors to engineers specifiers a little bit of everything it's you know so uh, i have a feeling he's going to be a really interesting guest um coming right up uh yes it's great i'm looking really forward to uh to seeing jeff again i haven't seen him in a long time given covid uh but first Let's go into the show us uh, your pipe monthly segment. It's April 2021. Uh, Show us your pipe uh, winner needs to be announced. What do we have for the month, Matthew? Thank you, Michael. Uh, It is April and we are going back again, of course, to the mechanical room to give our swag pack prize to a friend of ours who we go way back, 
someone who's been consistently posting show us your pipe types photography since you know the advent of the internet or since the advent of Interflu, if you will. Um, <laughs> uh, Mr. Eric Silva of Silva Mechanical, congratulations, sir. We are uh, we have selected you as our April winner for this beautiful Navian install. Uh, it is an NCB 240 110H for all you tech geeks out there. Uh, you know, quite honestly, the venting here is so super straightforward. As you can see, up, out, there was a couple of little elbows in there, true. But what I really want to highlight is, you know, Sil Silva's overall craftsmanship. There's there's a tremendous amount of stuff going on here, and it's all neatly done. Um, you know, Grunfoss products and Zilmet and, and a handful of others that you'll recognize on there. Everything nicely supported. Uh, it's got the nice back plate. It's it's clean. It's easy to look at. You know that if he had to go do maintenance on it, it'd be very simple for him to to you know get to whatever need to be done. And I mean, this is the kind of professionalism that that Silva puts out there regularly. Uh, you know, hashtag Silva knows tankless. He clearly does. Uh, I mean, if you look through his his LinkedIn or his Instagram, I mean, it's nothing but stuff like this. Really, really clean. He did get the Navian shout out of the week, I believe, last week for something that looks you know very very similar to this type of thing. Uh, so congratulations to you, Mr. Silva. Uh, you are our show us your pipe winner. I'll be in touch with some some accolades beyond prizes and then beyond, you know, we love you, buddy. Um, I'll be in touch real soon. So congratulations. And uh, we'll be right back with more Mechanical Room. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Mechanical Room. We've got an interesting guest. Uh, this month, the month of April, I believe it's our fourth episode, uh, and I will turn it over to Mr. Price for proper introductions. Absolutely. Thank you so much, and I'm uh, very excited to have my friend Jeff here. So let me give you a little preamble about Jeff. Uh, his, uh, his, he, he did a great job on his bio here, very complete, and I'm just going to go right through it because there's a lot of stuff here, and we're going to get kind of into his his resume and uh, you know and what he does, of course, in a in a job that is sort of mechanical room adjacent, if you will. You know, this is a podcast that's all about the mechanical room itself. And Jeff, I don't think turns a lot of wrenches on boilers himself, but certainly deals with those who do. So uh, let's uh, let's get right into this. So after spending more than five years in the broadcast industry, which is going to be my first question, let's hear a little bit about that. And welcome back to the broadcast industry. Jeff decided it was time for a career change. He considered several options and enrolled in business marketing program at Humber College. And after expediting the program and finishing 18 months, Jeff was uh, back in the workforce. Uh, he landed at a company north of Toronto in the gift and tableware industry, which is probably close to as exciting as pipes. I'm not sure. Uh, it depends on what kind of gifts, I guess, right? Uh, while he was there, he learned a number of vital skills in business, marketing, customer service, and sales. And after nearly three and a half years, Jeff was ready for a new challenge that took him to his current employer, Mechanical Business Magazine one of my favorite books uh, serving the Canadian market. Jeff has been working as the National Accounts Manager with Mechanical Business since March of 2014. During that time, he's helped numerous companies in the plumbing, HVACR, and hydronics industries develop their marketing and advertising plans to reach mechanical contractors, wholesalers, and mechanical consulting engineers. In October 2017, Jeff was promoted to National Sales Manager. So, I mean, that's it for you. Nowhere to go anymore. Uh, in this role, Jeff is tasked with continuing to grow sales with mechanical business, come up with new promotions and help transition many customers to the digital offerings of mechanical business, which I think we're going to hit on a lot, given the, uh, you know, how how we're working these days in pandemic and and whatnot, right? So currently, Jeff is the chair of the CIPH Yes Executive Committee, 
having spent the last two years as vice chair. He and his fellow board members aim to attract young people and recent grads to careers in the plumbing, HVACR, and hydronics industries, which is actually a great uh, tie-in with our previous guest who does, does a lot of outreach in that way as well. So some, some synergy here. Currently living in Vaughan, Ontario with his wife, Stephanie, and his daughter. He enjoys cycling, weightlifting, and cheering on his beloved Toronto Blue Jays, BC Lions, and Seattle Seahawks. Welcome, Jeff Superl, National Accounts Manager with Mechanical Business. You're in the mechanical room. Thank you for uh, for joining us. Thank Welcome you so very us. much for, for, for having me. I'm happy, happy to be here. Yeah, uh, so, uh, you know, full disclosure, Jeff and I are personal friends. Uh, we, we go to dinner uh, when, when we are at trade shows together and whatnot and stay in touch about all things HVACR related. And beyond that, I'm a musician. Jeff's wife is a musician. I think we're gonna, I'm gonna ask you to tell the, the, the famous flute story a little bit later on, but um, let's kick sure. it right off with, the, with the, first, uh, the first element you said in your own biography, broadcast industry. You're back in it here uh, on, on the Mechanical Room podcast, so uh, welcome. And uh, I don't, I don't think I know that about you. So wh where did you get your start? What, what kind of broadcasting experience do you have? Sure, absolutely. So I, I guess for for my entire childhood and 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 young adulthood, I always wanted to be a sports broadcaster. And specifically, I wanted to do play-by-play. -play. I love doing football and baseball play-by-play. -play. Um, I did, I did one half season of single A baseball play-by-play -play back in 2004. And I think anyone that who's in that industry that will will tell you, in order to make it, you need a little bit of luck. There's a lot of hard work, but you do need you do need a little bit of luck. And and I I was missing out on opportunities. And and sort of what what told me it was time to leave was I applied to a job in the Northwest Territories, which is the northern northern part of Canada. And when I didn't even get an interview, I was like, okay, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> not this 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 isn't this isn't for me so that's what, what, what I sports do. broadcasting position was available in the northwest territories it was it was a news and sports reader so it would, okay. it would right yeah so you'd you'd get the copy you'd put it in your own words and, and then you'd you'd read it you'd read it out so i'm yeah. i couldn't be happier or, with... or what was it for it, it was for radio it was right. it was that, that specific job was for radio and so once that hit and then and then I started learning a little bit more about what my wife want, my wife now girlfriend at the time wanted to do I was like you know what I I think it's time for for a career change and quite frankly I couldn't I couldn't be happier with the with the move that I made and and the industry that I'm in yeah and I and I think you do a great job uh managing our account and you know I always see you out and about um you know shaking hands at the trade shows and stuff like that. I mean, um, we're going to get those trade shows back anytime soon. What do you, what do you think about that? You know, I, I know, I know that there's one scheduled uh, for Canada for, for November. And, and I just, I'd love to see it happen because I mean, they're integral parts of, of our industry, but I just, I just think for 2021, we're still going to be in a holding pattern for trade shows and so I, I I think 2022 will be will be the year that that they do make a comeback. I just I think just it's talking to, to some folks up in Canada, and they're you guys. We're in April right now, but it looks like Canada and many provinces are are kind of clamping back down again, shutting down restaurants. Yeah. So yeah, I would not be surprised if it doesn't come together. Which one is it though for November? Is it a SIFE event or is it something different? 
Uh, it was it's Cyfex West, yeah. So, Cyfex West, and, and yeah. this this is just my own personal personal opinion, and and I and I think the people at CIPH are doing a a very good job working with the local officials, trying to trying to get it to move forward. But I I mean, just with the vaccine rollout that we've had here in Canada, we've had some stops and starts, and and I just think that personally that it's it's still gonna it's still gonna be difficult i hope that it does i really hope that it does move forward because i miss it as matthew said i i miss walking the shows i miss talking to people i i, I miss i miss the communication and and just the personal connection that goes on but i think for 2021 it's still it's still pretty pretty early given given what we're what we're still going through we can keep our fingers crossed absolutely uh, yes. let me ask you a question that uh for your industry that what you are specifically in it's kind of like the old mtv right video kill the radio stars so did uh digital kill print media where where is print media these days how are you guys doing sure so i can i can i can sort of talk about it on a macro level and then i can sort of talk about it specifically to this industry so i'll start i'll start on the macro level and did print kill say daily newspaper or sorry did, did digital kill daily newspapers i think it i think it did because there's a lot of advertising dollars that are being taken away right like well the last time i picked up a newspaper there was no classified section you know 10 20 years ago that's how newspapers made a lot of their money where you know you had to sell a car what did you do you took out a 65 dollar three pay three line box to try to sell your car well, now you have a number of different options in, in terms of this industry print is still king believe it or not we we pull our readers every single year we say do you want print do you want digital do you want both 92 percent of people come back and say they want the print magazine so so it, it has to be a blend but between the two between digital and print i mean when we look at the statistics, 74% of our subscribers are 40, 40 years and older. And 54% are 55 and older. So if you look at that, that target demographic, that's where they're still very, very attracted, attracted to print. Yeah, I think it's an interesting point you made about the um sort of the the, the small $65 ad. The first people that are going to go away are going to be the people with the smaller budgets. And then, you know, I mean, if you flip through your magazine or any of your competitors or any of the American, you know, corollaries, there's a certain group of manufacturers who are, you know, turning over hundreds of millions of dollars every year that are, you know, pretty much mainstays with the full page ads all the time. So there's there is a, a bumper of that going on. It's the small stuff. It's it's the folks like us who are, you know, we full page every every month I'd love to but yeah. it's just not the reality for for the numbers we work with you know but then what ends up happening is oh geez we have this much for a quarter page versus some digital ads and then it be, then it becomes a very you know interesting conversation is this uh how are you managing that I mean I'm sure you know as as an account manager as the guy who's running this um you got to be having that conversation basically every day yeah, I, I I am, and one of the things that we've that we've really sort of seen over over the course of the past year since since the pandemic has started is the need to get the message out instantly, right? And that's where we've that's where we've seen a lot of customers go to digital, do our e-blasts, you know, and that's and that's one thing that I've helped them with. In terms of some of the companies that that you're that you're sort of mentioning, Matthew, print 
is now almost being seen as a premium product. Because if, if you think about, if you think about your ad being seen on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, someone is scrolling up and they'll scroll up, they'll see it, it'll count as an impression, but they'll spend maybe two or three seconds. Well, that's whereas, a lot. It's probably a lot, right? Right, absolutely. Whereas if you're if you're opening a magazine and you're reading an article and someone's someone's ad is there, like whether it be a full page, half page, or even even a quarter page, like you're mentioning, it's gonna take that person time to read that article. They're probably gonna flip back to it because there's gonna be some technical information involved in it. And they're going to their eyes are going to be focused on that. And then they can they can spend more time looking, looking at that ad. So so in this industry, I've noticed that print has become more, more premium as as compared to where it was 15 years ago, say. I mean, well, 15 years ago, people don't even really have the architecture to support digital in some respects, yeah. right? So that's really yeah. fascinating. That's going to stick with me, actually, print as print as premium. Um, I mean, as I, I design the ads for Central Therm, and I mean, when you're trying to do something on a sliver versus a whole page, I mean, some of those ads are quite dynamic. And yeah. they and you know and of course you're there's room to breathe on a full page ad so I mean in some respects it's like paying for wasted space but no it sits there like a premium product you have all it's like it's like uh you know somebody's in the back of a limo by themselves almost um, <laughs> and of course there is uh, I mean there's certainly something to be said about flipping through books flipping through magazines that that is like a you know a tactile experience yeah. that I mean maybe the youngest generation don't doesn't have anymore nearly as much. I mean, you mentioned newspapers before. I read the New York Times all the time on my yeah. phone. On my phone, <laughs> right. you know, it's a weird, weird universe. It's a thing too, right? I mean, I've been doing this for a long time. Uh, it was, it's like routine for me to, you know, I'm traveling somewhere. I throw a stack, you know, of trade publications in in the, you know, in the backpack or in the bag while I'm on a plane. You know, take off and landing. That's that's trade publication time, uh, but it's it, it you know I do miss that now. It gets it's a little harder uh, to do that on a plane. So I, I do like maybe because I'm old, I do like the hard the hard copies as well. But there's like a little bit of a postscript to that too, because I, I I get I don't know hundreds and hundreds of emails from Mike Sakaris, right? And some of them are the digital links to the articles he read in the physical thing, right? So he can't hand me the magazine if he's on a plane in Detroit or something, but he can Google it, quickly find the headline and then send it out to the team being like, this is pertinent information and you do that regularly. I mean, that's yeah, so, so it's kind of in conjunction. Digital, yeah. and that's really a, a strong adva advantage. And I'm always doing that. It's like, hey, here's a topic, you know, about a new, you know, a new appliance from an OEM, you know, let's get, you know, let's get some data or, I'm constantly pushing out uh, digital stuff to the to the team here at Central Therm. So 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 what I'll say to that, I, I hit on the fact that I I, I can't ninety two or ninety five percent of people get their information from our magazine. The next highest um, stat is sixty three percent then use the website. So that goes exactly to what to what Mike was talking about. So so you see an ad in the print magazine or you see an article in the print magazine and then you follow up with the company website to see what are the specs, how can it be used, who carries it, who's the sales rep that I can talk to. So the they all work in conjunction with with each other. Yeah, true. Maybe uh, if we can uh, maybe step back a bit 
you know, there's all kinds of publications, right? Some are geared towards wholesale, some are geared towards, you know, mechanical contractors, some are general industry stuff. Who is your audience at Mechanical Business? How do you carve up, you know, your readership, if that's a word? Yeah, absolutely. So, so we're we're in terms of the print magazine, we're the largest direct request uh, magazine in Canada to for uh, for the magazine. We have over twenty two thousand subscribers. The bread and butter are our contractors. We receive over sixteen. We have over sixteen thousand uh, contractors subscribing to the magazine. The next biggest are the mechanical consulting engineers. They're the people who you know spec spec the projects. So, so that's. <clears throat> They're the, they enjoy they enjoy reading it. And then we say just about every single brick and mortar wholesaler in, in Canada, of which we reach over 2,400 of those, those people. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good, uh, I mean, it's, you know, we it's a good fit for, for us, naturally. I mean, that's why we've, you know, chatted over the years and, and been in the book because of that overlapping sort of demographic. Um, one of the things that we uh, we wanted to talk about, you know, so you, you mentioned contractors and the 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 impetus, if you uh, if you will, to um, as a callback to episode two with our with our guest, a fellow BC fella, uh, Terrence, <laughs> who I, I believe you know uh, of, of the impetus contracting. He seems like he gets name dropped on every episode. Um, you love that word. I have a bit of a man, I have a man crush on the guy. What what can I, what can I say? You know, he, he's amazing. I, I'm jealous of his uh, of his Instagram following. Um, <laughs> uh, so he's a contractor, um, and the, the beginnings of us chatting about what we would maybe talk about here with you as a guest was the do's and don'ts, what contractors do well and do poorly, um, in their advertising and in their marketing overall. And, uh, contractors are of course a listening demographic for, for here. So I was hoping you could maybe offer some advice to that respect sure. and, and maybe even, um, break it down a little bit beyond you know, the very expensive full page premium ad to what, what might make sense for yeah. a firm, um, you know, uh, a small contracting guy, or, you know, to something with several vans, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, so in the B2B world, the magazine is still seen as the premium product. It's where you need to be. It's, it's, and when I say where you need to be, you need, you need to incorporate both print and digital for the manufacturers, the wholesalers, all that. On the contractor side, since they're primarily talking to the homeowners, and and I understand there's still there is the commercial side, but if we're talking to the homeowners, the contractors need to have a digital presence because where do most homeowners go to when something breaks down or they see, need something installed? They need they go to the website. I mean, I don't have a copy of the Yellow Pages in my home. Mike, Matthew, do you guys have copies of the Yellow Pages? Uh, as far as I understand it, the the Yellow Pages is a is a printing of a small section of the internet. So <laughs> right? I, I don't need that. I, I can access it. <laughs> right. So so you need to have some type of presence. And and in Canada, we have a website called HomeStars, where where a lot of people will go to to find a contractor and and a homeowner can put sort of put a bid out and say, this is what I have, this is what I need done, here's my location, and then and then people get people get follow-ups. But you need as a contractor, you need to have you need to have a presence and you need to be vocal in that presence. So allow people to leave reviews, whether it be on Yelp or Homestars. And if you happen to get a poor review, don't be afraid of it. I know there's 
I know in talking with contractors, there's a lot of them that don't want to be on Yelp or Homestars because they're terrified of getting a horrible review. I, look, I, I deal with a lot of clients. I'm sure there's some that say, eh, I don't exactly enjoy dealing dealing with Jeff. I, I, I'd like to think there aren't, but I'm, I'm sure it, everyone's human, right? I've never so, met one yet. So. <laughs> well, thank, thank you. And I, and I ask everybody, so... <laughs> So, so to that, to that point, if you're, if you receive a, a negative, rev, negative review, you have to reach out to the person and say, you know, what did we do? Because when you receive a poor review, that's an opportunity to, to learn about what, what your company did wrong. Maybe the tech was having a bad day. Maybe, <clears throat> maybe, maybe you didn't, you didn't set the expectations right for the customer when you were when you were going through your initial your initial diagnosis and sales sales um, uh, pro, uh, process, but that's something that you just you you can't be afraid of, and you need to be able to to help the the customer understand the expectations. So, as a um, massively insecure person, a, a bad review would crush me. So I can totally understand that. I would never want to do that. But I mean, at the same token, I totally, I totally get that. I mean, I would never, you know, you certainly look for reviews, whether it's, you know, some piece of plastic you buy from Amazon or somebody yeah. to install like a whole bunch of gas lines in your, I mean, they're, they're critically important. I mean, certainly helps to have good ones on there. Uh, but somehow you can have 79 good ones and the one bad one might stick out and you might want to address that. I mean, it's yeah. uh, that's that's a fascinating uh, thing, but they do live and die I mean, by those reviews. somewhere. Is this why you avoid all the uh, annual review time? You're always canceling those meetings? Is that, is that why you're- No, no, I'm, I'm striving for the good ones. I've only ever gotten like pretty, I, I've been on the honor roll my whole life. I'm just so, kidding. You know? <laughs> we so just, I, we... I've, got a, I've got a question for, for Jeff. I, you know, a lot of your, in your magazine, uh, there's a lot of kind of, recurring authors yes. you know that write publications how does someone get published uh i know you have industry leaders that are there talking about specific things but how does someone get their material into your uh trade pub they they reach out to our editor they reach out to our editorial team and they if they have a story idea then they then they bring it forward to our to our editorial team and our editorial team will say yeah no we are we are we are looking about this. We are we are interested in this. You and this is what I always say to the manufacturers. You guys are the experts. The manufacturers are the experts in this in this industry. So our readers want to hear from you, right? And so so if we're if we're doing an article, um, then our our editor needs to know who to, who to speak to, and um, and so that's that's something that uh, that we always that we always work with because. A, a, a contractor doesn't really want to hear from me. They they want to hear from they want to hear from the manufacturers, right? And think about all the knowledge that's shared at SciFX West. And are you uh, are you saying you're not, you're not a full product expert on every one of your advertisers? You know various pumps and you know just on central therms. Just, just on central. <laughs> Have you? I, 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 that's a sub question here. Second second follow up to that. Have you ever gotten a tech call for for one of your products? Then has somebody ever been like, "Hey, I'm having an issue with this this Takeo unit or whatever it is," and like, "Hey, Jeff, help me out." <laughs> Believe it or not, yes, I I have got I have gotten some phone calls and emails from people saying, 
I've got this product, you know, and I'm like, okay, let me, and, and, and quite frankly, it happens more on the, on the e-blast side. So we'll get okay. an e-blast, we'll send out an e-blast. And then for whatever reason, they always reply to me and they'll say, <laughs> oh, I've got, I've got this project. I, you know, you sent this out, how can you help me? And, and so I always say, thank you very much for your email. And then I put them in touch with, with the sales, the salesperson at, at that That's company, but you never thought that that you would have got, there would be an outreach to you directly. Well, uh, I, I do believe your, your, your email is at the, is at the bottom of those e-blasts often as a get in touch. Yes. Be, I think it's, you know, get in touch if you want to be in the e-blast or something like that. So it's very easy to just click the, the name. They're like, there's a name, it's blue, it's a link. It looks like an email address. This person's going to solve my problems right now. I'm clicking, <laughs> I don't care. We're doing it, right? So that's funny. Okay, uh, so Mike asked about how to get in the pub, right? Uh, and yes. there are recurring recurring folks. This is uh this is actually a question that Mike uh, added to the list earlier. Um, do you have a favorite writer, and do you have like a favorite piece that's run um, <laughs> that that you've had, or that you've maybe even been instrumental in in pushing forward or encouraging the editing desk to to okay um, that kind of thing? Sure. So the correct answer is I enjoy every single article and uh, in 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 the in the issue, but well, from. So you're saying you're not in it for the pictures of the vent pipes and stuff. You're reading it for the articles. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. They're all good. <laughs> but um, the ones I typically tend to gravitate towards would be um, uh, Roger Groschmall's article um, and uh, Doug, Doug McLean's. Doug McLean writes about marketing. Roger Groschmall talks about talks about running running a business. And just just from my background, that's typically what I what I tend to what I tend tend to gravitate just because Roger talks about how to run an HVAC business, but a lot of it is applicable to, to, to business and marketing. And same, same with Doug. Doug is always talking about, <clears throat> about marketing and, and how, to, how to market properly. Um, I mean, in all seriousness, I do, I mean, the articles are where I learn about a lot of the happenings in, in, the, in the industry, right? And, and, and a lot of the, the changes that are happening. So, so I do, I, I do I do enjoy reading just about every every single article. I'm going to go macro for a quick second here. Uh, sure. I, I'm going to ask you for your insight, Jeff. So you you know you guys probably well Matthew knows obviously, but you may not know. I came from the electrical side of things, and as much as it is different, there's a lot of similarities here. But one of the things that I found when I came here to Central Therm is I I used I I was just like a consumer of of, of media, right? To learn about the industry. Yeah. Again, it's very similar, but not uh, to learn about the brands and the distributors and, you know, and, and all this stuff. And our podcast is about, you know, again, a high picture. It's about the mechanical room, everything and anything and everything around the mechanical room, the product, the reps, the distributors, the marketing, the advertising, the, the contractor, you know, the associations just hitting on a couple of the, of the, the guests that we've had now, uh, you know, the trade publications. How do you see this all fitting? What is the purpose? If you, if I can put it in this way, what is the purpose of mechanical business? How are you thinking about all the elements around that mechanical room? Because for me, I mean, you were, you know, I, I use your magazine to educate myself. Yeah. How do you see it? And what is your purpose as, uh, you know, a, a trade publication? In a big yeah. picture, yeah, you 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 hit on it, Mike. It's to it's to educate and inform 
people in, in, in the industry all across Canada to let them know about, about the products that are available, about the, 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 the code changes. I'm sure they're going to hear, hear about that somewhere else, but we'll, we'll be able to provide a little, a little bit more information. Just, just bring, bring everybody together and let everybody know this is, this is what's happening or, you know, for example, um, on the on the plumbing side, we've got uh, Fred Bretzky's articles, and he's always talking about. I ran into this problem once. Here's how I solved it, right? And it's just educating, educating, you know, for that for that purpose, plumbers to talk about. Oh wow, if I ever encounter this problem, it's going to stick in my mind briefly. You know, this is how this is how I this is how I'm able to 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 tackle it. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I, I mean, I learned a lot about Canada from reading your magazine. I thank you for that. Oh, thank you. And if you have any any other questions I've, uh, about about Canada, by all means, please please let me know. <laughs> Will do. So why? So maybe a Canadian question. Uh, hockey. You said you were a Maple Leaf fan. No, I, I was born and raised in BC, so I'm 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 really a Vancouver Canuck fan. But okay. if I if I were to be completely honest. In terms of sports hierarchy for me, baseball, football, hockey. Really? Okay. As a Canadian, I am surprised. I thought, you know, hockey was, you, uh, you know, the you paramount your, of the sports. Just, your unrelenting <laughs> stereotypes. What did you I think? Is going to come with, with one of those hats with the ears on? Yeah. And, uh, so, oh, Trapper. Know, I was born in Greece. <laughs> okay. And I will tell you I'm an Edmonton Oilers fan, so go figure that one out. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's yeah. So, I mean, don't don't get me wrong. When when hockey is going good, like the Olympics, the World Championships, a big tournament they have at Christmas time is called the World Juniors. Yeah. I'm 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 all in. But what has alienated me from hockey is the Canadian team, specifically my Canucks, have been so bad for a number of years. And that's all we get to see, and it's just not fun to watch. So okay. I'm like, oh. I get it. I get it. Is the uh, is the Seahawks because of uh, proximity to where you grew up? Yeah. It was. And yes. then, if yes. so, why not? Um, why not some of the other like Washington franchises or like um, isn't there? What's the hockey team? Is there, Seattle doesn't even have a hockey team, do they? They they just got one. They, they just, just got one. That's right. Okay. So so the Seahawks is is my one. You're right for. For proximity, um, and and because Canada doesn't have an NFL team, so the Canadian Football League team is the BC Lions. They were based out of Vancouver, and the NFL was the Seahawks. And when I started following, they were they were terrible. I mean, they were just just they were one of the worst run franchises in the in the NFL. And I sort of related to that because I was sort of you know in 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 elementary school and high school, I was sort of this. You know, Pretty much still am, but I was sort of like a, like a, a an underdog in in every in every in everything that I did in every sport that I played. And the Seahawks were the ultimate underdogs. So I'm like, this is a team I can root for. They're not that good. They try really hard. And so, isn't it that much sweeter that then, like in your in your adulthood, after a lifetime, they finally you know start having you know winning at all? I mean, that's that's really what it's. I mean, to me, that's what like the that's the quintessence. Of being a sports fan you know i mean like the cubs come to mind i was actually co coincidentally i was in canada uh, on that world series clinching game i watched it oddly enough at the rogers center i was in one of those hotels at the rogers center watching the cubs play uh you know not in toronto at that time so yeah. but uh i mean 
that's that makes it all the sweeter when Seattle finally wins after being. I mean, you're a lifetime fan, right? Basically. Yeah. Yeah, so there, there's a just a there's a funny picture from my friend, my best friend and I back in grade nine. He, in our foods class, he had to make a a gingerbread house, and 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 this was back in 1995, and the Seahawks had to win like their final game, and they would make it to the postseason for the first time since I think 80, 83 or 84. Anyways, there's a picture of him of us doing the number one, me with a Seahawk hat, him with his gingerbread house, and 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 he. He didn't win the contest and the Seahawks didn't make it to the playoffs. Anyway, he sent it. He was getting so frustrated with all these Seahawks fans coming out of the closet, you know, you know, seven, eight years ago that he posted on Instagram. And he goes, throwback Thursday to, to the original Seahawks fan in Vancouver when cheering for them was a complete embarrassment. <laughs> so, so that's amazing. To, to yeah. your point, all that suffering and then to finally see him win a Super Bowl was, was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's pretty Indeed. cool. Yeah, I'm a I mean, Vikings fan for football, and I'm still waiting, for God's sake. Yeah. yeah. And, or, so what's your memory of, like, the Joe Carter years? You and I are, are the same age, basically, and I, I have a vague recollection of that. I was, you know, a very big Yankee fan when I was younger, and obviously, you know, that's a, a AL East rival. Um, yeah. what's, your, what's your memory of the Cito Gaston years? I mean, it was, it was spotty. Uh, I, I, I remember I would come home from school growing up in Vancouver, on Friday after Friday evenings, this, the Blue Jays would always be on CBC. So I would always I would always watch starting at four o'clock. I'd watch that Friday Friday night game. Still remember watching the first World Series win with my dad in the in the bottom of the eleventh when when Carter jumped up and down after getting the ball on first base. I, I remember it was about it was about eleven o'clock at night and I was in grade six. It was way past my bedtime, but my dad my dad let me stay up to watch it. And then the next year for that for that walk-off home run with Joe Carter, it was my, you know, some two two of my best friends who lived a couple houses down. We were watching it. And of course, you know, we were what, 12, 13. So we're jumping up and down off the couches and yeah, that's amazing. Uh, I, I can only imagine that as one of, you know, your one of your fondest memories. Uh, I, I mean, I have a similar one with the Yankees in 1996 after they had been pretty bad my whole life. Uh, the strike short year in '94 was actually the Blue Jays and the and the Yankees kind of vying for first place, and the Yankees were doing real well. But strike that was that, and then you know, obviously the Yankees went on to be very successful shortly thereafter, uh, losing to a Seattle team in 1995 before the dynasty would start. Uh, you know the Mariners, whatnot. That was uh, how come? Yeah, no Mariners fan for you. They've uh, I you know what in my in my in my in my youth where I was trying to figure everything out when I was trying to figure life out. Does that have, that doesn't stop, right? 30, 38 <laughs> years later for me, it, it, I'm I'm not there yet, so he hasn't found himself yet. <laughs> <laughs> I I did just because of the proximity, you know, it would be, you know, I'd watch the the Blue Jays game from four to seven, and then from seven to ten, I'd watch the Mariner game. So there there was a time period from about 1995 to about 2000 2001 where I I watched a little bit more. Mariners baseball uh, and then and then the Blue Jays sort of struck a different TV deal every single game of theirs was on the Mariners weren't on TV as much so I gravitated towards the Blue Jays again and then having moved to Toronto in 2008 I mean I've been there you I've go it was that it was all over for you yeah it's so, funny you're, you're jarring all of these sports illustrated for kids memories for me because those Mariners teams were fierce Edgar mm -hmm. Martinez, Randy Johnson, of course, Ken Griffey was like the biggest, the biggest star in the world at that time, almost. 
Um, that's a, I mean, that's to me, that's what that's a golden age of baseball for me, you know, uh, as well. So I, I kind of look, I mean, although they were Yankee rivals at the time as well, yeah. uh, you know, tough team for a very good reason. Of course, Jay Buhner makes a good, has a hilarious, uh, mention on Seinfeld, he being traded from the Yankees to the Mariners, you know, it's a whole other thing. For Ken, it was Ken Phelps, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Ken, it was for Ken Phelps. <laughs> and then of course the clip is, uh, is, uh, George's dad perceives his son to be deceased and in an accident at Yankee Stadium or something like that. And rather than discuss his son's well-being with George Steinbrenner, he yells at him for trading Jay Buhner. How could you trade yeah. Jay Buhner? <laughs> he had a those rocket for an arm and oh yeah, no. <laughs> those are those are some good I mean, man, that was a good that was a good era. Like uh that's pre like weirdness with the steroids. It was after yeah. the strike. Yeah. It was before all of that calamitous stuff with the steroids. Kind of, I mean, that's like almost a like a like an end of a, an era basically for baseball, and, and a new era starts uh, yes. afterwards. So that's a speaking of stars over Mr. Price's shoulder there. Uh, we do we do see some stars there. So when the, when are we getting back on the cover of Mechanical Business? <laughs> Mr. Price is uh, you know he's he's running he's running the table there. Three times. It was a dynasty of my own. Voted handsomest HVAC magazine publication cover model in 2016 through 2019. And then, of course, the pandemic ruined my streak. So, I mean, this thing is taking away something from everybody. So do we do we have a do we have a couple minutes for me to talk about that promotion? That was Please, uh, it's actually, I think it's really, really well done. That's why I bring it up. It is Thank honestly you. one of the best things I've seen at a trade show. Bar so, none. I've done I've done way more trade shows than I ever would ever want to in my life or ever thought I would do. And it is easily one of the the best promotions that I've seen at one of those events. Well, Definitely. thank you. Our, our our publisher, Bruce Meacock, was the one who, who came up with that. And he and it was it, it was very, very well received. So so the first year we did it was 2000 was 2016. And and the cover person for the magazine and in, in for the March April issue of 2016 was a gentleman by the name of Peter Mansbridge. And and your Canadian your Canadian viewers will know who it is. The the best correlation that I can put is he's Canada's version of Walter Conkrite. That's that's yes, yeah. So he he hosted a, a, a an hour-long <clears throat> television news show on CBC called The National. So he was on the cover. About a month or so or a couple of weeks after the CMPX show, we got this call from a woman saying, my son was on the cover of Mechanical Business. How can I get some extra copies? And we were like, um, uh, what, what, what issue? What issue? Yeah. And she's like, he was on the cover of the March, April issue. And we're like, you're Peter Brassman's mother? What is... <laughs> Oh, oh, okay. Like so, so we were we were trying to figure. We we're like, "What's your son's name?" And so, she gave us his. Anyway, with that, everybody got a digital copy. This this person shared it on their social media feed. His mom saw it. She thought he was on the real cover. So, instead of saying, "Oh, that was just a promotion," we said. We'll see if we have some extra copies lying around. We went with it. Of, of course, we didn't. We didn't want. She, she was like, he said, he had such a hard time at school. And I'm he so proud of my boy. So, 
yeah, basically, he's doing so well now. And we're like, mm, like that's that's a great story. We love hearing those stories, but so we didn't want to let her know that it was just the promotion. So we we started. haven't told Matthew that it wasn't the real issue. Either. This is this has been very enlightening, and um, you know that insecurity that I alluded to is now crashing back. My anxiety is off the charts now. I thought I was some sort of partial celebrity in the HVAC world in Canada, so this has been a very big wake-up call to me. <laughs> well, if, if I recall, we did we did publish sort of a spread of them in the, and we, we included you in that, did we not? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure. It was all the covers, all in one yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I, I think actually you. Uh, so, so the way that it was was like a nice crisscross, like a grid pattern almost of all of them, and a couple of them are like slightly larger to kind of give emphasis mm. or whatever. And intelligently, you selected me to be one of the larger ones. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it is one of the best. I mean, honestly, the line is it goes quick. It's easy. Yeah. It's fun. You know what? Yeah. And I really like too is it. You know, you print it out with the good paper. It's yeah. not chintzy it, it's something that i i have obviously invested <clears throat> it to frame them you know i like them when when i wasn't a remote worker pre-pandemic times they hung in my office now they hung in my office at home <clears throat> um i will keep these and treasure them pretty much forever and look forward to cmpx 2022 and beyond whatever to do yeah. another one because i will definitely get online for that again super fun this year you can see oops i'm whacking my microphone because i'm so excited um <laughs> one of them is can, you know is is a twofer so the, the middle one is just me, and then the yep. one on the far end is is me with my colleagues, including Mr. Sakaris. So we came back again to get a full centrotherm spread. Um, you know, the inset that you included, the bathing suit edition, was a little, you know, ag aggressive. But, um, you know, we take it for the team here on centrotherm. <laughs> well, Matthew wants a centerfold for the next issue. <laughs> we'll see if we can negotiate that. And and it is interesting you mentioned that when I when I was going out traveling, I would see them in people's offices. Like yeah, there are a number of people that would put them up in their office, and that that really meant a lot to us because it it, it was very very well received. And I can only imagine the number of the number of contractors who have it up in in their offices as well. So it's, well, it's a, it's it's a well known well, book. That's why I wanted to bring it up. It, it it's definitely right. a highlight when you guys are at a show. You well, got to hit the mechanical business you know booth and make sure you get your picture yeah thank you thank you so it's funny I, I was i was going to close with what's you know like what's your favorite part of your job but i think maybe that kind of thing is part of it the fun yeah. uh the fun stuff that you can do like that i mean and also i mean you do have a an audience and a, and a name to play with that people know so this kind of thing is very enticing i mean like i said i will be online again so uh um michael you have any closing words uh, well, one of thanks. Uh, you know, we uh, value our friendship and our uh, collaboration in business. You guys run a top-notch uh, trade publication in, in Canada. We were excited uh, when you said yes to come join us. It's a different angle. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't think, you know, in a mechanical room, they don't think of, you know, the trades, but uh, the, the publications, that is. But it is an integral part as a manufacturer and, you know, the network and how we get our message out. And that's something that you know, Centrotherm uh, strives very, uh, very carefully to get the right messaging and uh, get the right word out there. And you are, you know, a, a conduit to help us do it well. And we appreciate your efforts and appreciate you joining us for today. Well, thank, thank you very much for the kind words. That's that's very, very nice of, of you guys to say. And we're we're very happy for the service that we're able to provide the industry to to help get the messages out. And thank you very much for having me. This has been. Uh, 
This has been uh, a lot of fun, so thank you. I, I appreciate the time. Uh, thank you. You're quite welcome. I couldn't I couldn't say it better uh, than Mike, so I'll just say thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll be right back with some more of The Mechanical Room. Welcome back, everybody. That was a very fun and uh, enlightening interview with Jeff. It was good to see him again. Uh, if you do not know mechanical business, if you do not follow Jeff on social media, please do. Uh, always a wealth of information around the mechanical room. Uh, busted a gut there in, in that interview as well. It was good to, to laugh. Uh, so the other thing I would like to say with uh, Mr. Silva, congratulations. Uh, again, if you do not follow him, make sure you, uh, you reach out and uh, find him on Instagram and follow him. There is a ton that you can learn. Another winner with uh, diamond uh, backplate again, Matthew. I'm really starting to think that that is a requirement. I'm not sure, but I'm starting to feel that way. Well, uh, it's something that I uh, that certainly highlights all of the products. It really separates it from the backdrop, whether it's cinder block or whatever else is behind it. I mean, it's black it's, though, which I thought was interesting. I, you know, so there's a little nuance well, there. I mean, our man Silva's got style. He does, actually. <laughs> Didn't uh, didn't Terrence also say he likes to paint things in uh, black and gold? So he, he maybe does. a little shout out to uh, to Terrence. But as always, yeah. Silva does some beautiful work, and he always uh, documents his uh, his work on uh, Instagram. So please follow him. Uh, there's a ton to learn from the way he does things. Yeah, he's more of a LinkedIn guy, but it does get out there. It's it's both. It's you know it's here and there. It's uh, you know he, he's a, he's a trailblazer. He does whatever he wants. Uh, you know, whenever he feels like it. So it's a good, healthy mix. So, I mean, there are other times in which he sends me stuff just via email too, that, that doesn't get posted. And, uh, you know, so you'll find some Silva stuff on, on the Central Therm Instagram as well. So uh, thank you to Eric. Thank you to Jeff. That's the wrap on April's The Mechanical Room. We will be back in the, the sunny month of May with uh, more surprises and prizes. So thanks everybody for tuning in and uh, vent safely. <laughs> <laughs>